Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's up? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out on a Tuesday after yeah. Monday Night Football last night. We've got a big show to get to. Justin Fields, as you heard uh, Hannah just mentioned before the show started, uh, is looking at transferring possibly. We'll look at some of his options. Is he making the right call or not? Yes. We'll just, we'll get a dive a little yes. deeper into that. Um, ton of stuff we got to get to. Uh, NFL, we want to break down last night's game, but are you aware of the monster news in the soccer world? Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Leaves Man U. Yeah. They haven't Done. been the same. No, they're not. Yeah, they I don't know the how same. they're going to recover. I don't know. I, don't, I think they get, <laughs> you you can, get Neymar, you, Ronaldo. Yeah. Who plays for Man U? I have no, no idea. Paul Pogba? Pogba, possibly. That's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know any other soccer? Oh, names? I'm, I'm tapped out. <laughs> right Officially there. covered. Boom. Yeah, stamped there you it. Go. Man U. Good luck finding another coach. All right. Last night's game, Carolina uh, versus the Saints. Yeah. Saints are still very much in the hunt to lock up that uh, home field advantage throughout, which would be incredible because last time they won the Super Bowl, that's what they did. They've been uh, – it's one of the toughest places to play uh, in New Orleans, in that stadium. It's loud. Um, when you look at the game last night, it's kind of ugly, not a sure. lot of offense, which has kind of been a trend recently. Like all these high-flying offenses we saw early in the season, I don't know if it's because the, the people have figured them out, if it's weather, if it's – you know, injury related. Sure. But for whatever reason, the offenses have been grounded somewhat. Now you're seeing defense matter again. And I think that's why I like the Saints from the NFC more than the Rams. And when we talk about the Rams, we're talking about Jared Goff struggling, you know, yeah. trying to figure out things on the, on the offensive side of the ball. They gave up 30 points to the Eagles the other day. I think the, I think the Saints are going to be the team from the NFC that represents them in the Super Bowl. So it's interesting. Sean Payton and Drew Brees are five and oh. In, in the dome, the Superdome it is, right? Like, as a Mercedes, what is it called now? Yeah, the Mercedes Benz. Yeah. I think. So they're five and oh, and they're one in five on the road in playoff games. The one game being the Super Bowl win, right? So yep. if they get home field, if they lock that down, I mean, it is, they're bleak prospects for teams trying to go in there. To your point about like offenses not looking good, I don't believe that all of a sudden, like in week, I don't know, 14, yep. everybody got the book on all these offenses, like 14 weeks, and now boom, we got it figured out. I really do think it's an, like a, you know, it's it's all things kind of factored in, right? Like, guys are getting more familiar with what's happening. It is late in the season, and there is fatigue, man. Guys have been whipping that ball around the field. you got a lot of injuries. People are banged up. And then weather has to be accounted for. Like, when it when it gets colder and the ball's not traveling as far and hands are cold and all of that. And so, you know, I think when you put all of those things in a pot, you start to see offenses slow down a bit. And so I'm, I'm with you on the D. And um, New Orleans' defense has been top five over like the last five or six games. Like their defense is really trending at the right time. Absolutely, it has. And they figured out some things on the defensive side of the ball. I think with teams like the Chiefs, when you get a Mahomes who's newer and they're running these exotic schemes, I think then you start to figure out some stuff. Right. You know, like with the uh, the Ravens, when you're watching Lamar Jackson, teams are going to start figuring out what he's sure. doing. He's only been starting a few weeks, so it's not like they've had a whole season on him. But I do think there is some scheme wise. But I agree though. I think a lot of it's just getting worn down. Worn down. Um, like you see with Cam Newton. And I think Cam Newton is playing with an injury. I hope I, he is, dude. I, well, I, I, but I was going to come in here and kill him today. Like I was. Right. And well, I'm a Cam fan. Bad. No, but, he's, but, he's been playing bad. But listen to him talk after the game about what he's been dealing with and about their uh, lack of success. You know, as far as you know, I wish I could say what the injury is because I really don't know what it is either. You know, it doesn't matter how much you push, no matter how much you, you know, like I say, ice, you know, anti-inflammatories you take. I mean, I've been, trust me, I did it. Acupuncture, massages. It's just not, it's not been a time that I haven't, 
you know, a night went by without me getting some type of work done on my arm. And Check him for TOS, right? I was going to say. It sounds like a lot like Markel yeah. Fultz. No, I don't seriously, like, I don't know what it is. It it sounds like there is something more serious um, because it has been plaguing him. But my question for the Panthers is, why haven't you taken him out for a couple weeks and tried to say, all right, maybe rest. Maybe he needs to just take off for a couple weeks. And I get you're in the playoff hunt. And, you know, now that they've been knocked out, and it's been so wide open that, hey, maybe we're going to ride our guy to the best. Right. But at some point, you've got to realize he's the franchise. He's the he's he's the most important part of this team. And if he's not healthy, clearly, which he hasn't been, then you've got to get him healthy. Well, I'm with that 100%. And I think for me, the bigger question is, like, why don't you know? What's going on with his shoulder? Yeah. Like, you, you, that's, that's, we can't move past a Monday without me knowing exactly what's wrong with my franchise quarterback's shoulder. This can't be like a guessing game where he's up at a press conference and he looked really frustrated. Yeah. And I, I don't, just, I would be too after that. You'd game. probably be frustrated. I would be frustrated with the pain and with my inability to do my job. But if I'm being honest, I'd be frustrated with my medical staff. Yeah. I'd be frustrated with my trainers. Like, how in the heck has this been two, three, however many weeks, and we don't have a diagnosis and a clear, like, plan as to how we're going to fix the shoulder and what's wrong with the shoulder? His numbers haven't dropped that much as far as completion percentage, passing yardage. He's only down 14 yards from that. The pass yards per attempt is about the same. He's struggled with the touchdown-interception ratio, and he obviously hadn't been running the ball as much, which I think is a big reason why they don't have as much success. I don't know if you remember us talking about uh, Norv Turner and the new offense they were running and how he's completing a high percent of his passes. Yeah. But one of the things I noticed is they were willing to run him more, and it opens up things a lot in the pass game. And I think because he's been hurt yeah. that they've said, all right, we can't run him as much. And then it just makes it a little bit easier to contain him. But I think it also – maybe I was wrong because I was like, hey, if you got Cam Newton and he's that big, he can withstand that physical toll that he's going to have to take. Maybe right. he can't. He simply can't. Well, I think it's like everybody winds up getting hurt at some point, right? Like it, yeah. it, no matter how big you are, if you take the wrong fall, you can get hurt. But generally speaking, and I felt this way a long time about the Panthers. Like I know he's not – an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees or or like I, I got it, mm-hmm. um, but he's a big, strong, big arm dude, and he might not be the most accurate. But with dudes like that, I feel like you want to get them even more playmakers. Yeah, like for for Tom Brady, playmakers aren't essential because he's that accurate with the ball. So you can give him a lot of dudes who can get open, get a little separation, and he's pinpoint accuracy. Right, mm-hmm. like with a dude like Cam who does have this miss radius, if you will. Then you have to have receivers with catch radiuses, and they don't have any. Like, I watch them, no receivers ever get any separation. There's no one ever, like, really open except Christian McCaffrey. Right. The rest of those guys, he's throwing it. He's putting it right on your arms, but there's a there's a DB or a linebacker right there to knock it down. And so when you're dealing with a dude like Cam who's inaccurate but can throw the heck out of it, you've got to get him, like, targets with some range that can go up and, and, and make some plays. Well, the problem is they missed on one because they drafted Kelvin Benjamin in the first round to be that. And then, you know, he didn't pan out. He's yeah. Kind of a bust. I mean, he really has, frankly, because he goes up the bills. They just cut him. Busted out of his season. uniform. <laughs> well, that's the problem. He was huge, he man. Was big at Florida State. He was six five, about 260. Right. He'd be much better about 230, 225. And he's just, he's had a problem with his weight. He's, right. That's a big issue for him. So I agree with you. They did draft DJ Moore, but he's the shorter, speedier. You have to be more accurate. Keep him running when you hit him. Yeah. You've got to give him yards after the catch, and that's not Cam's strength. So I agree with you on that one. You mentioned Kirsten McCaffrey, who has been phenomenal for the Panthers. I mean, he has been a, you know, I, it's funny because Coco, we were talking to him before. He said, I think he's a top three running back, and yeah. it's hard to argue against. I don't know why he doesn't get more love at that position because he's well-rounded. He catches it out of the backfield. 
Um, he's been really a dominant force on this offense. Probably, you know, it's Cam's favorite target. It's been their biggest point of production. Yeah. Where they have to get him, you know, some other weapons to work with because teams are starting to focus on him. But he's been incredible. I called him when he was in college at Stanford. I said he was Reggie Bush 2.0. People didn't love it. And I think it's the race. Like, I think it does come into play. People like it, ha- they have hard time comparing across races. Sure. But I think he's a better version of Reggie Bush. He's similar. He's got the speed, except he's a little bit bigger and more durable, and he's been able to withstand the pounding that he's taken in the NFL. Yeah, he's been he's been remarkable. Like you can't take anything away from Christian McCaffrey. Like that that is one position where they have a they have a true playmaker. And I mean, I guess you could say Greg Olson when he's healthy, but like, yeah, he's, he's never he's never healthy. Yeah. Um, I would say this about Christian McCaffrey. He reminds me kind of like if in in a perfect world. Like with an Alvin Kamara type of dude where you wanted a little thunder to go with that. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's gangster. Like he gets his stuff. Like he's, he's better than I thought he'd be as a pro. And you are, yeah, he can handle the, the load himself. But boy, it would be nice to have like another, like solid pounding type of back in there that when you didn't want to get him banged up, you could go with somebody else. So you right. didn't have to rely on him to get bang tough yards all the time. Right. Because he is, that's, that's the thing I worry about him is longevity. Like how right. long can he Correct. continue to carry most of this load? Uh, but I think the main concern right now is for Cam Newton. And what do you do with him moving forward? I don't think it's a question. I think you shut him you down. You shut him down Especially immediately. Especially hear him talking like that after the game. Here's my hunch is that he has some sort of shoulder issue. And you know this is the question that you always ask. Say, well, is it going to get worse if I'm out there playing? And is it just a pain management issue? Like if right. you say, hey, it's not going to get any worse, but it's going to hurt, then you try to play through it. And right. that's my hunch is that that's what the Panthers medical staff has told him. Hey, can't get any worse. You can go out there and play. Obviously, it has, in fact, it has impacted his performance greatly. Where I would say, let's shut him down. Let's if you go get, and I'm sure they've done MRIs. I mean, that'd be crazy if they didn't. You examine every necessary option, whether it's surgery, whether it's just starting rehab, maybe it's rest, and you start aggressively, you know, approaching this. And similar, I'd go out and get second opinions. Go out, you'll go see the best shoulder specialists in the country and say, what is going on, and how do we fix it? So either he's lying in the press conference, right, where he's saying he doesn't know what's wrong with it, right, or they have not done a good enough job as a medical staff because you have to be, especially with that position. Your investment in that position, um, as much as that position means to a football team, you have to get to the root of what's going on with that. Yeah. Like this is not Markel Fultz where you have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, oh, right. and the clock keeps ticking. This is your, this is the franchise right now. So you can't be sitting here three weeks later telling me, I, you, I don't know what's wrong with your shoulder, but trust me, just go out there and play on it. It's not going to get any worse. Like I don't want to hear that. And while it might not get any worse, if he can't produce, because of it. Right. Then he doesn't need to be out there. Clearly the Saints were daring him to throw outside because defensive coordinators are smart. They know if you don't have top tier arm strength, yeah. you can't throw it 15 to 20 yards on a rope to a comeback on the outside or a fade route down 50 yards down the field. They'll, they'll trust their DBs more. They'll be like, Hey, I'm, our DB may not be top tier, but we're going to put him in a man to man situation and we'll just let, we'll just risk it. Correct. And they're not beating them. So they keep doing it. And then it makes it that much more challenging. Did, did you see the throw where he got picked off in the end zone? Yeah. Um, look, I know again, can't make the most accurate cat in the world, right? But the arm is big when it's healthy. Yeah. Like, you don't underthrow right. that no ball one by has three ever yards. Questioned his arm strength. Correct. Ever. Like, yeah. yeah, you clearly could see that that thing. And so again, if it, if he's not healthy enough to actually do his job. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter whether he's going to hurt it more or not. You need to sit him down. So I think we agree Panthers should sit him down. All right, let's look at the Packers because they're eliminated from the playoffs. They're out. Aaron Rodgers, 
like as as a whole. And we joked about this yesterday, right? Of you know, hey, this is when guys get hammies. You know, guys start shutting it down. Yeah. You start coming up with injuries. But the quarterback, it's a position where you look at him and you can tell you either know a guy's hurt or he's not. If you're any question mark, why risk it in games that are quote meaningless that don't matter as far as playoff implications? Um, you're one hundred percent. You're dealing with a guy who had a broken clavicle last year yep. uh, on some freak stuff, right? And then this year he's been dealing with what like a, a strained MCL, yeah, almost the whole season. early in the season, week one or two. Right? It, it's, it's it. This is a no brainer. He is shut down. He's the one part of your team that isn't going to be like picked over over the last three games, four games, right? You know what you have in Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're still trying to address coaching situation. There are other positions out there they might be auditioning for next year. That one's not one of them. Sit him down, protect the future, um, make sure he's healthy. What about some of the other guys out there that may be healthy enough to go? There isn't as much of a question mark, but you don't want to risk them for the future. Like a Matt Ryan or Eli Manning, some of those guys that we showed up in that list where oh, the team season is done, dude. you're not making the playoffs. All of them. Shut them down. Like, wouldn't play him. No, I mean, but here's the deal. Like, if a guy tells me, like, hey, man, you know, I, I want to go, I, we'll have most, a conversation. Most guys should say I want to play. Like, but I'd be shocked if they don't. I wouldn't. Right, like, but they're, I think dudes, publicly, like, in behind closed doors yeah, not with pu- their family or with their boys, like, I don't want to play. But, I mean, it is your your livelihood. Like, you are, like, Joe Philbin's comment. I See, here's the thing. I think it does sound like an antiquated uh, point of view, but hear me out. He's Joe Philbin, head co- uh, interim coach uh, yeah. through the Packers, said, in the general sense, my philosophy is football players are paid to play football games and football coaches are paid to coach football games. We're the Green Bay Packers. We're a football team. We're in the business of winning football games, and we all want all our players who are healthy to contribute to the overall success of the team, period. I think you have to be careful that you don't send a double standard. Like, hey, we're going to give some of these guys off. Sure. They might be healthy, and other guys, yeah, you don't mean as much, so we're just going to put you out there. But there's not that many. There's not that The roster's not that big to have that luxury. Football's a different animal than, than basketball, too, because you've only got the 16 games. Like, basketball, they're 82, so it's not that foreign for me to say, like, hey, listen, Danny, we're coming down the home stretch, man. We've been eliminated from playoff contention. Like, take the last five nights off. Like, not a big deal. Do you know right. what I mean? So football is a little different in that regard. And so I guess what I would say is if I had a scenario where a guy was already banged up, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Then I'm telling you, listen, man, I'm shutting you down. Like, I don't need anything happening that would jeopardize next season. Okay. We're going to let us, let us, you know, get you healthy. Let us figure out what the rest of this looks like. I need to shut you down. The other scenario would be if I have a young quarterback mm-hmm. where I could sell you as the veteran on, Hey, man, look, it's been a ride. All right. Look, we, but let us see what this guy looks like. Let us see if we need to address the backup situation. He's not looking to take your job or anything like that, but I am about protecting. If I'm not playing for anything, dude. I'm protecting my assets. I am not rolling them out there to, to get hurt. It becomes really tough. It's a tough dynamic to evaluate, especially if you're a coach. Like a Joe Feldman, like he's in a tough spot. He knows he's not going to be back, but he's kind of trying to coach for another job somewhere. That yeah. was the biggest message that I was always told when I was on some bad teams that were out of playoffs is, hey, you may not be playing for your career here, but you could put, you're going to put stuff on film. Sure. You're going to be playing on film that people are going to be evaluating. So if you want to play in this league long, you better go out there and produce. And meanwhile, I knew for a fact that a lot of guys were out there just going through the motions. Just want to get my check. Just get me healthy through this game. Like that was the ultimate was everybody just wants to survive. Cause you don't, the worst case scenario is you have a season ending injury and you're all of a sudden your off season plans go to Cabo, Dude. go vacation. Now you're having surgery and you're having to rehab for the next the month. Worst. Or two. The worst case scenario. So guys, that literally is what goes through NFL players heads in these last couple weeks. For sure. And when they're out of it, they're like, please don't get me hurt. And a lot of times when you're worried about getting hurt and trying to stay you out of the way, that's hurt. when you get hurt. Right. Um, the one thing I'll say about, like when a guy sits, 
and you're talking about auditioning, maybe it's not like you auditioning, not Aaron Rodgers isn't auditioning. Right, of but, course. But he's got receivers on that team that might be looking to get a payday, right? Yeah. And if you roll out the backup for three games and he can't complete a pass, that affects their money. You right. know what I mean? Right. So there are a lot Absolutely. of things that are in play. A lot of things are in play. It'll be interesting to see watch. And the good news for the NFL is it's been so many teams in the hunt lately that you don't have to worry about it right. with that many teams. So it'll be interesting to watch what teams decide to do with their uh, franchise quarterback. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So it is that time of year. We saw the Bryce Love news. Yeah. It was funny because we were talking about it before. Like it seems like he skipped his whole year. <laughs> but, you, but this is where, and I, like he's a bright kid. He's at Stanford. He wanted to go back to pursue even more of his degree and I think sure. work on his master's. It would never fault him for that, but it did cost him a lot of money yep. by going back for this year because he was not the same player. He was dealing with injuries all season long. Now he's deciding to skip the bowl game, which I don't fault him for, but that's why I'm like, if you have a chance to be a potentially first round pick, it's all different for what you're looking for financially. If you're running back, maybe it's if you're a second round grade, whatever right. it is, you have to maximize your your window. Yeah, your you window. Got to go when get it's it. There, you got to go get it because you, you it. never know. It's only there, you know, once in a lifetime for a lot of guys. Here's Stanford degree, maybe. You're talking about a Yale, a Harvard degree, maybe. maybe. They're not a whole lot of Florida degrees. Degree, well, maybe. maybe. <laughs> but seriously, real talk. Right. They're not a whole a lot of degrees. And at all, I wouldn't. And at all, like, he might not even be phased that he lost money. He's like, hey, I got set up. I'm going to, yeah, I think he wants great. to be a doctor long term. Like, good for him. Yeah. Maybe he's just going to go and he's going to play a couple years. Exception to the rule. Pay. Yeah. Exception sure. to the rule. And everybody has their own rules. That's yeah. why it's, that's why you can't have a blanket statement of that you should always stay, you should always go, or you should always transfer. Yeah. Because there is a, there have been reports out of Athens. Athens, Georgia's preparing for the Sugar Bowl against Texas, and all of a sudden, uh, Dan Wolken from the USA Today had talked about this uh, report that Justin Fields is exploring the option of transferring from Georgia. He was a five-star recruit there, played in 12 games this season, was obviously hoping to start, but he went to play behind another five-star and Jake Fromm, who had just taken them to the championship game. I don't know if he thought it was just going to be handed to you. It's, it's There's competition yeah. out there. So he is exploring leaving. Um, your thoughts? It's a no-brainer. No brainer. Why really? wouldn't? First of all, I've always said this. Why do five star quarterbacks sign the year after a five star quarterback sign? Like, if you're going to give me a two year window, that's fine. But you're coming in on the heels. He's a he's a true sophomore. Yes. So you've got to wait. Knew. He knew what he was getting into. You knew it. He knew he was going to go there. And this is the fifth. So they had Jacob Eason before From. From got to play because he got hurt. Fromm gets a start, then Eason leaves. So now you've got another five-star considering leaving the program. Here's the only thing I would say. Feels quick to me. Like, it feels like it, you've only been there one year. You've, you've, waste, you've wasted a year. I don't, I don't, so, so what's your goal, though, if you're Justin Fields? To get to the NFL? Yeah, of course. You're a five-star, so, six-three, two-two. Like, you, you've got all, all of needs. the 220. Yeah, you're prototypical. All he needs is one year. We saw that with Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky only started third. But what if games, you're not second or third overall pick in the draft? What if you need more than one year to 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 polish? See, but I think the NFL is changing. I think it's more like the NBA where you're going on 
potential. Like all, you don't have to see a polished, ready to go quarterback like Trubisky. And there, you know, there are other guys that you can just see, hey, he pops. He's got You're arm talent. You would go you rather have one lottery ticket or three lottery tickets? You'd rather have three lottery yes. tickets. Like you're not taking one Hear year. Me out, though. Hear me out. So here's, here's what I would tell everybody. And maybe it's too late. I would have said to Justin Fields, get there early, start going to class, right? Start working towards your degree. So if you stay around for two years, three years, maybe you can squeeze in your degree and then you can transfer without having to use, lose a year of eligibility. Cause no matter where he goes now, he will have to sit out a year. Now he can use his red That's shirt. That's okay. Use your he red shirt and your sophomore. Still would have three years of eligibility. He is actually uh, exploring the option of potentially uh, filing a petition with the NCA because there was an issue with the baseball player, Georgia, yeah. who used a racial slur against him. Right. That he didn't, he, I, Coca, does it, he doesn't feel like, what is the actual, like, report? Is it saying that he can, it's just, he doesn't feel comfortable or that was one of the reasons he wants to transfer so he could be let out of it? I think it'll just be like a loophole in the system that like he can right. just use that as part of the hardship waiver and just say like, listen, I don't really like the situation that I'm in here at Georgia. Man. So, I need to find somewhere else where I'm more comfortable. Okay. Yeah, if he can, if he can, if you can use it, if it's a loophole he can get out of, then use by it. all means do it. I wonder how important that is if he's trying to find out, can I play right away or can I? Because he's like, he, he, he could have technically, he could have said to the staff at Georgia, Hey, play me four games. I don't want to play. If you're going to stick with Fromm, I don't want to use a, a year. Yeah. I don't know that that's always up to him though, right? right like true. you need, you need a, you need your backup quarterback. And I think earlier in the season, it was more of a, like from or 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 yeah. fields from or fields, and then they rolled. Here's the thing though, I, all these quarterback competitions that we have, Fake. I a lot of them I don't believe them. Right, and you already had Jake Fromm well, led them to the championship game and played pretty well. Look, like I wonder if that was one of the bits that was used in recruiting. Was hey, we're going to give you of course, dude. You have to put up that fake facade, like to get the kid to come to your school. So you honor the. You know, the sales pitch by making it look like some sort of competition. But from Justin Fields' perspective, the writing is on the wall. Like, you're not taking Jake Fromm out after they let him, he, he led you to another, like, BCS, like, playoff. So it's time for him to go. Here's the thing that I always, that drives me nuts. These are 10 five-star quarterback transfers. There is only one on there that jumps out to you as a success story, and it's Kyler Murray, who started at Texas A&M, and then, of course, won the Heisman Trophy playing in the playoffs with Oklahoma. Yeah. If you're not good enough to start over somebody, maybe you're just not that good. So, but then, then in maybe... the bigger scope of things, like NFL wise, that's what drives me nuts. Okay, maybe they miss um, judged you as a five star quarterback coming out. Like I want to see guys who are willing to compete. Well, I, he competed. So but listen, listen, listen podcast, but you're, Hunter Johnson. You're missing guy. the point, though. But what's the point? He competed and he got beat. So then, I if I if I get beat, right, mm -hmm. and I still want to play, like you don't think I should have the opportunity to maybe drop, maybe I'm not in the SEC anymore. Maybe I go to like, but here's I don't know, if, like a lower level you, where I can actually play. Maybe I was miscast as a five star. But that's why and I'm I really a four star. You, that's why I asked you right off the top, what's your goal? But Did that's it to the NFL. That's his goal though. Like you, his goal is to make it to the NFL. Whether a kid, a kid doesn't know at that age whether he's a five star. Right. They're all, he still thinks he's a damn five star. Uh, every kid, I mean, you know what I mean? Three star thinks he's going to the, correct. Going to the NFL. Correct. Uh, it'll be interesting to see his top three schools. Florida State, Miami. number one. No, nope. Oklahoma. <sighs> what was the third one called? Was it uh Bama? Was the third one? It's a no Ohio, State. Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah, but oh, that's tough. It's a no brainer State. for me. Oklahoma, no brainer. They got another kid coming in though. Like everybody has five stars. That's the thing. You are gonna have to compete with a five star if you want to go to any of these programs. You're gonna have to compete with a five star. If you go in, if you go in and you get the waiver. By the way, 
If they're handing out waivers for being called racial slurs, watch like, out because give we're me a waiver. A I want a waiver. You're like, gonna hear a lot of reports. <laughs> <laughs> no, some waivers filled out. But like, if you're going in ready to play now, you have the leg up on an incoming uh, five star. Yes, you, you've been a year's worth of weights, a year's worth, a worth yeah, of college coaching. Sure. So you would then have the advantage where you didn't coming into Georgia. That would be my only thing. So there was uh, we mentioned Kyler Murray on that list of guys, one of the most successful transfers out there from five star uh, guys because there right. have obviously been transfers who have succeeded. Our uh, Gardner Minshew was a great story this year. Sure, Will uh, Greer, Baker, Mayfield, was Baker, Will there, Greer. There have been a lot, but that was just a list of five stars that we just went through there. Um, but we talked about Kyler Murray preparing for the Orange Bowl against Alabama. Alabama is still not certain. They feel pretty good about Tua's health after he had the ankle surgery on yeah. his high ankle sprain. Uh, Nick Saban said that he is ahead of schedule as he recovers from the surgery. I don't think it's a done deal. I know I've seen they have video of him out there going through some drills. I wonder in this sort of a window in just over a few weeks where his health is. And I think what you saw in the SEC championship game is that if he's not a hundred percent with his mobility, it's easier, just like it is for anybody, it's easier to pressure him within that pocket. And then it begs the question, well, how good can they be with Jalen Hurts? And my answer would be probably good enough to win the championship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they have so much talent. It might look different. They've done it before. Step it up. They have done it before with average quarterback. Um, it feels like a rush job for me. I, look, I'm not accusing Alabama, but it feels like they knew this situation coming down the stretch. And they didn't trust that they could even get to this point without Tua. So you kept kind of rolling him out there. Yeah. But in a perfect world, if you had already banked enough to get into the playoffs, he would have had this surgery, uh, two weeks prior to the, to the championship game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that you're sure. Cause right now I'm telling you, dude, when you have a high ankle sprain, four weeks is, is, you're not even guaranteed without the surgery that you're able to play. Well, I wonder, four weeks. cause I don't, I want, cause I never had the surgery. I wonder if the surgery is supposed to speed up that process. How many surgeries? You get cut open. Right. Like, I'm talking about Only general knee scope. scopes. Right. But then, weeks. then but you're, you're talking sore. about three weeks and, and you're, and right. You're affected. Correct. You're not the same person. You Correct. Have to play through a little bit of pain and you might not be as good. Uh, I wonder if it's also, if, if Bama's thinking, Hey, we need, we need Tua for a championship, not to get to the championship. Like, I wonder if this is a little bit of their confidence in Jalen Hurts. Right. Because he was a former SEC player of the year. He did get him to the championship. Yeah. He beat Clemson last year. If they're thinking, and this I think is bad news for Oklahoma, because if they run the ball more, that means they're going to really control the time of possession. They're going to try to just push, you know, just bowl them over. Yeah. And they're going to be less likely to throw it even more. And Jalen's a good runner, so it's just going to be tougher to get off the field for that defense, which has struggled mightily. I'm with you. Like, what's lost in that? And I, you just touched on it. Like, Jalen and the offense that they run with Jalen is probably more kryptonite-ish for Oklahoma yes, than what they do. Seeing passing off. Yeah, dude, you get into a shootout with them, like, hey, whatever, that's what we do. But you go ground and pound, and you guys are just dominating. And really, I mean, what Alabama has more than Oklahoma is just – Beef. Like they, you know, like the SEC's got yeah. big, burly, like they go two, the three deep in each position. Like they're going to beat you up in the trenches. That is a recipe for disaster for Oklahoma. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, to his status is for the game. Does he get back? Is he healthy? And how much does it even matter? Um, UCF, did you know I'm going to be honorary captain for the, uh, <laughs> what? Are you I'm really? working on that. Oh, I'm working right. on that because I have been captain UCF, uh, for their plight to get into the playoff in an 18 playoff. Uh, so thanks for uh, UCF Twitter, who always gives me a lot of love. Uh, but they have actually – there was a story this week that – and it was – they actually – somebody, the Orlando Sentinel, I believe, filed a petition to get the email exchange between UCF's AD Danny White and Florida's uh, AD Scott Strickland where 
Scott Strickland gave some comment about, we'd love to play them. Right. So Danny White's like, oh, really? Well, let's do something. Let's play. Yeah. And so Strickland, the UF uh, AD, sends him back, says, all right, we have some spots open, but what we typically do with non-Power 5 opponents <laughs> is we go a two-for-one. Correct. Which means you you get two home games yep. in Gainesville, and we'll go to your place once. And UCF says, well, hold on a second. We're... We've won 25 games in a row. Oh, don't do that, UCF. Startup out there. We're not going to take a bad deal. Don't do that. And so it kind of went back and forth, and here we are sitting again, where nothing is getting done. So they won't play anybody. Um. So first of all, what I heard, and I don't know if this is correct, but the game at UCF is at Camping World Stadium, which isn't really at UCF, right? Like that's not at their home stadium. Um. Although it would be more of a home game, but don't get it twisted. Gainesville and Orlando, not that huge. Like the Gainesvillians will travel. Yes, Camping World far. Stadium. It'll be like Florida, a home game for Florida. Florida has fans all over the state. Be a home game for Florida. Yeah, yeah. they got fans They're, down here. Even if they played in UCF backyard, they probably would have just as many fans as UCF would. And that's not a knock on UCF. It's more of just the game. Don't you control more the, the like? Yeah, the music. Like you control. Like it would feel yeah, more tickets, like a home game. It would like, definitely if you're feel UCF. more like a home. But game. here, like UCF. With all due respect, like I played at a smaller conference. I get it. Like if you get one of these dudes to the point where they say they'll play you. And it's a two and one. It's not a one for oh. You actually get a game. You humble yourself a little bit yeah. and take it because you need it. You need it more than Florida needs it. I, go, take that two for one, whoop their tails, yep. and then now you can dictate terms maybe to the next guy that comes around the ball. Here's why I don't think. Hey, Coke, can you throw up that UCF non-conference schedule again, real quick? The graphic that we had because I think UCF is getting pretty good games. They're going to face UC, uh, LSU coming up. They already have every single year. They have games with ACC opponents. Yeah, they've got Auburn come. Uh, they had Auburn. Uh, in the, that was the postseason game, but I covered the Maryland games. They had a Big Ten opponent there. Like I think they are getting more and more teams. They had North Carolina. They had that got canceled, which killed them this year. Georgia Tech was canceled the two years ago. Yeah, another one that was canceled due to our yeah, hurricane. Like that, so they've had not none of those games. are not nah, dude. That, that that Auburn game's a bowl game. Yep, the LSU, LSU game, game is a bowl game. game. But Pitt was a regular season game. Pitt, Pitt, Pitt's FAU is a powerhouse in the Sun Belt. The, you, UCF, if UCF in or the state, USA. right? Like they're claiming to be the best team in the state of Florida, right? right. Like they. Now, your major teams don't love that, but if you can step up and beat a Florida, a Florida State, a Miami, one of those dudes will give you a game. I prayed when I was at FIU, Danny, I swear. I prayed because I wanted to go to Miami really badly. Yep. Dad was an associate AD there. I literally grew up in their gym playing pickup with their players from the time I was 14 years old. They didn't as much send me a form letter. Right. Like, not even, like, write your name down in your height and we'd be interested to look at you. Nothing. So, when I got to FIU, it was as close as I could get to Miami. I prayed that they would play us. Like our whole team was guys from Miami praying that like the major power would play us. So if we got a chance at them, we were taking it no matter if it was three homes. I mean, three aways and no homes. Like if you're UCF, you need to beat the power conference team that's in your backyard. Agreed. My advice to Danny White would be to take the, take the deal. Yeah. Like to do it. It's not a good deal, but if you are on the outside looking in, it gets you it. in. You know what else you made a really good point? Cause I think if you ask the players, they would probably rather play at Florida Field twice than at home. Absolutely. To play in that in the swamp to go there to have sure. that opportunity to beat them in their own backyard, even though it would. I be- think I think they would get games if they just stop crying. Like that's like my biggest issue <laughs> with them is that they won't stop crying. No, even even in the BCS era, like you never heard Boise State crying about never playing for a title. You never heard TCU when they weren't in the Big Twelve crying about never playing for a title. Just play your games. Okay, here's why. Here's where I love them crying because look at what's actually happening. So we we just get saw a report. We actually saw we might get eight game yeah. playoffs. So I'm I'm all for their crying and fixing the broken system, as Danny White likes to call it. 
All right, so Lamar Jackson been running all over people this season, uh, but it's nothing new. He's been doing this his entire life up in uh, Boynton Beach. Uh, Here he is, his Pop Warner kid, just running all over dudes. He looks smaller than most. Usually some of these guys are bigger than everybody else. Yeah. Look at him showcasing the wheels. Going, long breakout see. run. Oh, just something. <laughs> May have been a broken play there, but it doesn't matter. Get He's still going to take it. Why is he wearing 21? When in doubt, waggle oh. out. Reverse field. Field, there you okay. go. How's this compare? Could your could your boys uh, beat him? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, he's shifty. You see him coming back. He was coming yeah. back again. Yeah. You know what? I was really concerned that when I saw that video, I was going to say, "Dang man, he's way better than my boys at that age." But I, I and my boys stacked up play. like they yeah. stacked up on. Yeah. I've seen your guys play. You man, guys got him. I, hey, I'd be cool. I'd sign up for Lamar Jackson. If you told me one of them was going to be Lamar Jackson, right. like Take I'd it. sign up for that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the Ravens did sign it. Uh, sign yeah. up for him, taking him that last pick of the first round. Uh, I thought he would play this year. Yeah. I thought it would be different, though. I thought him and Flacco would share time. Uh, and then, of course, Flacco gets hurt. He makes the most of the opportunity. They've been on fire since he's taken over. I think he's a better passer than what we've seen so far. But clearly, I think John Harbaugh is not worried about his development as a passer. He's worried about winning football games, yes. getting the playoffs. Maybe we can, maybe we can do something crazy here. He's four and one as a starter. The pass yards per game, a little bit concerning, only 146 yards, you know, four touchdowns, three interceptions. They're not asking him to do much, but he's rushing for 85 yards a game, which is absurd in today's NFL that a quarterback is doing that. Yeah, I feel like I'm okay with them not developing him right now. Um, I think what they came in, they came in clearly with the plan of doing what you suggested, right? So I don't know that they had done the type of research that you would need to do to kind of incorporate in a whole offense to fit around like Lamar Jackson's skill set. So at this point, you kind of plug and play. You find a, a few things that really can work. You scheme it up, right? And and it's going to speak to him not having uh, you know a whole lot of success in the air, right? And I'm yeah. okay with you like playing to win right now. Uh, here's the deal: what they'll have to do is go back to the drawing board this summer. He will as a player. He'll need to get better, but they will need to kind of go around pick brains of like offensive coordinators around the country, whether it be at the college level, pro level, whatever, and figure out for next year what type of offense he can be in, which will make him successful as a passer. Because those running attempts and yards, while maybe sustainable in the short term this year, Danny, you know better than anybody. You can't do that. Since 1980, this Ravens team has more rushing yards through any five-game stretch. That includes Eric Dickerson when he was the Rams of the 84 Bears, Walter Payton. Uh, the 84 Rams week 12 to 16, like, and it's because of him. Right. He is opening things up because NFL defenses aren't used to, and it's not super complicated. He's doing the little zone read option where he sticks in the belly. He's looking at the end man on the line. Yeah. Screen, giving it or keeping it. And he has speed and just like he, this is, this was my, one of my good takes for the draft, like process. Yep. Is that I thought, uh, Lamar Jackson's speed would translate. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, he's not, you know, he's fast for college. He's I, not fast for I NFL. said it on the air. I was yeah. like, I don't know if he's like different than no, other guys in different. the NFL. And it's like, cause I thought he was a Mike Vick type runner. Right. You saw Mike Vick shoot yeah. dudes and running away from guys. But here's what I would say, because he's run the ball more than any other quarterback in his first five starts in the Super Bowl era. John Harbaugh said, quote, I think that's all going to work out over time. He's correct. I'm a little bit surprised at how simplistic it's been and how little they've actually had him throw. Like, at some point, if you're going to want to win this year, right. he's going to have to make some better throws, and they're going to have to start. And he did. Like, I guess well, the Chiefs can go, him in a pretty good spot. Like, a couple nice throws he made. Yeah, you could go case by case. Like, that yeah. can be a fluid plan, right? Like, you can get into a ball game, 
And if it's if it's playing out the way you want it to play out, you can keep it super conservative, super vanilla, just pound the ball. You know what I mean? And then in situations like Kansas City where you have to open him up a little bit, you got to open him up. Because the more you open him up, the more he's going to throw it away. Like that's just what rookie quarterbacks do, right? Right. So, like, you you know, I think you play that on the fly. Just Right now they are all in and running Lamar Jackson. And I would be too if I was them. Now I did because long term it won't uh, won't work. Agreed. Long term plan obviously does not include uh, include Joe Flacco. I think all of us kind of saw that, including Flacco, when they uh, drafted Lamar Jackson. Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network reported that the Ravens are expected to move on. And they said that uh, his tweet said they will retreat Flacco with class, <laughs> potentially trade him to a team of his choice. Can I just find out who the heck is going to trade for Joe Flacco? Right. No, he's done there anyway. It makes like, yeah, we're going to treat him with class. That's a nice thing to say. But trust me, the phone's not ringing off the hook for Joe Flacco. What do you think at, at that contract either? Like that's well, yeah, you want, like you, if, if you're if you're just let let him get cut and then you can shop maybe get him in a better deal a better contract. Right. I think like a team like the Jaguars. That was my question. That, where that you, would where be you? a team that I would look at and say, all right, Blake Bortles has been bad. It's been a they don't have a good backup plan. They're probably going to draft somebody. Maybe you go draft somebody and you get Flacco in there to reasonable sure. rate because Flacco could step in and play right Dolphins. away. Dolphins are in a unique spot because Tannehill. You know, he's been hurt his whole time. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have to figure Not out. Not throwing shade, but he no, hasn't no. been great. Exactly. He's, but, and he's and, been hurt a yeah. ton, and he's he's owed a ton of money. I think it is time to start looking at other options. Right. And whether it's pushing Tannehill with a better backup like Flacco right. or it's drafting for the future, the Dolphins definitely have to look at something like mm-hmm. that because there are teams – like that are we just saw five quarterbacks taking the first round. Their quarterback situations are all set. Correct. Like there aren't that many jobs out there with thirty two teams for a guy like Flacco. So that's why I think they'll cut him uh and and just let somebody else pick him up. All right, let's check out our boy James Harden here on the step back because there has been some talk of should this be a travel. So, oh my goodness, oh, that's such a travel. <laughs> Not the shot, but I mean, but enough. But the, the you, travel itself, he took like four steps. How do you? That's ridiculous. Right? Like, how does he get away with that? They how don't do, call that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a shuffle absurd. step and three steps. You should be. You know, we need to. Ha- we need to get a referee on here one day to go over some of that because that's ridiculous and it's it. People make a living having to defend guys like James Harden. Yeah. Like, that was my living. If you're giving him three steps on a step back, right, and then you're gonna let him kick me and call a foul, I got no chance. Because you're okay with a lot of traveling that takes place, yeah, right? Like that, it's you, just you pencil of, it in. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. But that move there is egregious. That should absolutely be look. A that call. stuff going to the basket where guys shuffle or they're you know the post player slide and pivot foots and stuff like that. Look, I get it. But yeah, dude, if you're gonna so what's next? Like you can pick it up and take you can run four steps away from me and then jack up a three. Right. I mean, that's what that is. Right. You pick the ball up. You right. say one, two, three, get as far as you can <laughs> right. get away and you shoot it's it. It's not right. They need to crack down on that. It shouldn't be there. They're uh, teaching that now. What about, what about the, uh, the lane violation? Cause they very rarely call that. Like, what's that? Tom does a lane violation all the time. When he shoots it and goes across before it hits the rim. Yeah, that bothers me. Or the me. guys just cross the lane before, like, before it leaves his hand. Like, they're always in there. That bothers me. Um, that bothers they me. never call that, which I'm kind of like, it's, not that big a deal. It, but there have been times in the playoffs where they do it. They get like, your extra, but it's a rule, so don't make it a rule. Right, right. Like you know exactly. what I mean. Like what do we do? Let them go free for all. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got this fundamental. Like it's it's a dilemma because they're teaching kids to play basketball different. Like the way they're teaching them now is with all of this like double step back and yeah, you know, uh, hang hang dribble into a float and then you know we're gonna one two three step and we put. I mean, it's really you know what we learned how to do. We learned how to dribble and shoot and pass right. and move without the ball and box out and rebound. And so 
I'm trying to teach kids to play, not just mine, but other people's kids. And, you know, you're having to find the balance between like giving them some of that stuff, which people are doing. Right. But then giving them fundamentals because I, like I try to tell kids, James Harden, yeah, that's what he does in on an NBA court. Right. But James Harden's got all the fundamentals mastered. So we got to master he these. Does. I think he does. Yeah. I think if you ask James Harden to come off a down screen and plan his inside foot and turn right. and shoot, he can do that. Raja, which, which move of James Harden would you hate to defend more? The rip through? Or that step back? The rip through, cause you could, like, the rip through, he catches you under that chin, you can bite your tongue, you can bite, you, I'd be fighting him on the rip through. 100%. <laughs> cause that's a, like, that's one, Jerry Stackhouse was a dude you did not want to mess with. I tried that move, cause Tim Duncan used to use that move a lot too. And I wasn't really crafty as a scorer, but I had Jerry Stackhouse in the corner. He was up too tight on me. I didn't really have a dribble game, so I was like, ooh, I'm going to get him with the rip through. Right. So I pulled him up, and I caught him under his chin, and Jerry wanted to fight me. And <laughs> was, I was like, oh. Like, I fight a lot of people. Right. I started looking in his eye. I was like, I don't want to fight Jerry right <laughs> now. I was like, my bad, bro. <laughs> any piece of that. Did you so – did, because you said that about biting your tongue. Because whenever I would get hit really hard, I didn't wear a mouthpiece. Yeah. And I bit my tongue so many times. There were Ooh. a couple times where I thought it was gone. Yeah. And then I'd be like, because you couldn't feel it right away. Right. And it'd be bleeding. And I'd be like, is it gone? And then you realize it was just this tiny, tiny little cut. Yeah, on the side. Truth, and right. it would just drive me nuts. And I couldn't talk. I like, couldn't do it. But I still wouldn't wear a mouthpiece. I, I didn't still wear a refused. I'm like, I'm not wearing a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't go. Um, I want to get to our bowl picks because okay. we are on fire here. It's the Cherubundi. Cherubundi Boca Bowl. UAB, two and a half point favorite of Northern Illinois. Who you got? You're three and two. I am uh, something else. Is UAB, is UAB the team that just got their team back? Is there the, are they the yeah, program that just years, got their? Bill Clark has been insane. Uh, their program was disbanded. Then they got them back. You said you're going the with Blazers. the Blazers. Bla- no, I'm going to go with the Blazers. I'm taking the Blazers. They're a favorite. Minus two and a half, right? Yep. Take the Blazers. I'm going to go with them too. The favorites won big over the weekend. I was 0-5, which is atrocious. That's hard to do. I don't think I've ever done it went, So you went life. with the Blazers? I'm going to go with the Blazers too, so I'm to hopping flip. on with you. I got to flip. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to take the Blazers. All right. Go up and watch the Boca Ball. It's right up the road. Hey, it's right by my crib. We've been good. We both picked the Panthers last night to cover, right? Like yeah, that's six right. We've been hey, exactly. making some money on Canel and Bell. Get to it. Good luck, UAB. Go get them, Bill Clark.